Welcome back to Medical Mums Chat About Burnout. I'm Beck Lettingham, Rural Generalist, um, single mum, amateur podcaster, founder of Medical Mums, and uh, I'm burnt out. Have been for a little while and decided to set about finding out more about this and chat to some people about their experiences and what they've learnt along the way. Very excited to introduce the guest for this episode, which is Dr. Olivia Ong. We've met her before on Medical Mums Chat, and she's come back today to talk about burnout and her experience with burnout and what she did to overcome it. I'm very excitedly, she has recently released a book on burnout called The Heart-Centeredness of Medicine. And in the show notes, you can find how to, out how to buy that book. Um, just visit DrOliviaLeeLong.com uh, for her website. I, you'll notice from our chat that I was hoping to get this out before the book release. However, it's not too long after and I think it would be great to put our support behind another Medical Mums. Uh, great work. So thanks very much to Olivia for sharing her um, experiences with burnout and her work that she's done since. As always, if you are recognising something in yourself as you listen, there'll be a list of resources in the show notes that you can go to for help. Please get help early. That's the overwhelming message that I got from talking to everyone is the quicker the better. Once you recognise burnout, um, you can probably reduce your recovery time if you get onto it quickly. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for talking about burnout and raising it. Such an important topic. Yeah, so I'm, I'm Olivia. I'm a pain physician here in Melbourne. I'm also a medical mom to two beautiful kids, um, Joseph, who's six, who I'm homeschooling at the moment due to the lockdown, and Jacqueline, who's one. And what, um, what is your experience with burnout, Olivia? Oh, there's, there, there is a backstory to my burnout. So uh, I was pretty much leading a very typical life as a junior doctor in around you know, 2005, 2006, um, you know, going on autopilot, you know, working from, um, you know, your usual nine to five, working on roster overtime. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was close to burning out until um, some, some, an accident happened in my life, which changed, I guess, my life trajectory forever. So I was walking to work in the hospital car park when I was hit by a car. At high, it was at high speed and I was rendered a paraplegic and I spent quite a number of years on in the wheelchair uh, and also focusing on my rehabilitation so that was a very dark period for me mm. but in a way that that in my injury actually forced me to slow down and stop so I was able to more or less you know kind of because I didn't have to, I, I, I didn't have to work for a year or so whilst I focused on my recovery. And I guess I didn't have the worries and stress of work, but I had the worries and stress of dealing with a spinal cord injury and it's, I guess, complications. Mm. Yeah, I had to relearn, you know, how to manage my bladder, my bowels, how to use the wheelchair, how to maneuver around curbs. And how to, I guess, put on a, I guess, a um, knee, ankle, foot orthosis and learning to walk again. So that was really hard. And I guess I was 
facing a different kind of physical exhaustion and stress levels. But I had a period where I traveled to the United States in San Diego. I went to Project Walk Recovery Center along with my husband. Both of us told our workplace, our employers that will be taking two years off and we'll be traveling to San Diego to focus on my rehabilitation. As that's certainly what I did in, in Project Walk. So I learned to walk again from crawling to standing to taking baby steps, literally baby steps, because I had to learn, you know, to basically walk again. And that's how a baby learns to walk, you know, from crawling to standing to walking. I did exactly that. And I came back to, uh, to Melbourne, probably around 2012. And I was back in, I guess, in the rat race of medicine again and sitting for a fellowship exam, rehab fellowship exams in 2014. And then I did a pain fellowship in 2016. Um, and then I, and pain fellowship exam in 2017. And before I knew it in 28, late 2018, I had a severe burnout, which is a combination of various factors. Years of having to deal with the physical aspects of my injury, you know, mm -hmm. energy expenditure, emotional fatigue, physical fatigue, having to you know, have to deal with the two fellowship exams. And at that time I had a toddler. So motherhood was certainly taking its toll on my body. And before I knew it, I had severe burnout in yeah, late 2018. I had to take two months off work to recover, but that only helped me physically. Uh, but I guess burnout has more layers to it other than physical aspects of it. I certainly know from on now when I look back, there is certainly an emotional, mental aspect of it. And most importantly, there's a spiritual aspect to burnout. And I was actually talking to, I guess, a few physician coaches in the US who are quite, you know, they're doing a lot of work on burnout in the US. And, and I was telling them that burnout, it's like a black, uh, inner black hole that once it's, once it's um, there, it's really hard to fill. And, and it's like a deep wounding to the soul. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. And what actually helped me recover from my burnout was a combination of different tools. Um, the pandemic also forced me to slow down last year. So I focused on my personal development. I actually um, went on to get a life coach for myself because there was certain, I was seeing my life at 180 degrees and not 360. Mm -hmm. And I needed a, co a life coach just to tell me what, what are the blind spots that I have and what I needed to focus on. And I worked on that. Um, I did a lot of spiritual work as in spirituality type of work, um, like, uh, you know, Reiki, acupuncture and meditations, um, intuitive work. And that really helped me recover spiritually from, from burnout. And because of that experience, how I discovered all these tools and I think the most important tool that I discovered amongst all this was self-compassion, mm -hmm. which I look back um, was what was a tool I learned in the US, but I forgot when I came back here um, in 2012. And in a way, you know, learning to walk again was mindfulness to me uh, because I had to fo solely focus on learning to walk again. And then another part of self-compassion is connection with myself and other, hum other human beings. And that's what I did in the US. I, con I connected with myself because I had the time to focus on me, literally, it literally, because I had to, to learn to walk again. And I 
was able to connect with other spinal cord injury survivors who were there for the same vision and reason to learn to walk again. And most importantly, I learned to be kind to myself. Um, and suddenly there were days when I was in the US learning to walk again that I wasn't kind because uh, learning to walk again was not an easy feat. But self-kindness, I guess I, I see self-kindness and overall self-compassion as a muscle that we all need to exercise over a period of time. We need to go to the, you know, like we go to the gym, we exercise, we get fit again. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Self-compassion was a muscle I needed to exercise over the last two years. And certainly self like my self-compassion was my, I guess my ability to be self-compassionate was put to the test last year in stage four lockdown in Melbourne when I had my daughter, Jacqueline, who was born around the same time. And yeah, that, was, that wasn't easy, um, but I got there in the end. So um, I have to say self-compassion was certainly a big part in transforming my life and transforming my journey from burnout to thriving again at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so not only I'm doing my medical work now, I've got my own side business, the Heart Center Doctor, as a leadership coach. I have just written a book on Dr. Burnout. Um, called the, It's called The Heart Centeredness of Medicine. This book will be uh, launched next month mm -hmm. on the 9th of September, which coincides with Are You Okay Day, which I, found, I, found, I find this particular event quite meaningful to have it, to have my book launch day on. I think because, I feel that we should, as, as doctors, we should care, like, care for one another, I guess, and really do make do make a big, an effort to be mindful of one another's, um, I guess, suffering if we are not in a good place, and ask each other, are you okay? Mm. So that's essentially why I've um, hosted my book launch on this very day, because um, we've lost so many doctors to suicides from burnout, mental health issues from burnout, and yeah, it's a very important um, work. The book's a very important part of my life project. I guess I can say that and certainly a big part of the vision I have for my business which is to help doctors recover from burnout and lead the heart, very heart-centered lives they truly deserve and we truly deserve to lead such a life we we shouldn't shortchange ourselves we deserve every single moment of it you know um, and what did um if I can take you back a little bit um what did burnout look like for you Oh, I have to say it was an epic burnout. I, I kind of, when I look back, I wasn't actually able to get out of bed on late July, 2018. Like literally I just couldn't. Um, and I just called work and said, I'll be taking two months off because I'm unwell. So that's what I did. And I went to see my GP um, a couple of days later. Um, and she told me to take two months off. Um, and I went on to see a psychologist to get some help. Cause as a pain physician, you know, I see my patients go through cognitive behavioral therapy and I thought, hey, I need a bit of CBT right now because burnout is certainly keeping me, you know, not very well in, in, the, in terms of the headspace and physical um, health as well. And yeah, psychology did help, but I guess psychology is very different with coaching. Psychology helped me focus on what's happened in the past and address that but it didn't, doesn't, doesn't help with addressing the future. And when I got a life coach last year in the pandemic, um, it certainly helped me see the future, that I have a future. So I do have, believe that there's a time and place for coaching in burnout management and recovery and prevention as well. And it's more important 
of all, it's important that we all have a self-care strategy plan for burnout. And I guess strategy, uh, self-care is one of those terms that's been thrown up as a buzzword. And, you know, I myself don't like buzzwords if it doesn't, if we, if we don't act on it. And we have to see burnout not as a, because it is not a problem. It's just going to keep popping up from all the time in our lives. And we, it is, in other words, it's a dilemma and we need to have a strategy care, like self-care plan in place to recognize and be self-aware of early warning signs of burnout, which you know, to some will be insomnia or changes in, you know, in, in the mood, like irritability, feeling quite low, um, feeling quite apathetic, um, feeling quite emotionally exhausted. That's one of the few early, well, a few early and later signs. And I think if we are in, we do check regular check-ins with ourselves and have a sense of where our warning sense of burnout is like, um, then we can kind of nip it in the bud quick. You know, as doctors, we, we, we know the early sense of epilepsy, right? Diabetes, asthma. I think we have a duty of care to look after ourselves to be aware of early warning signs of burnout. Um, because that could, will not- If you could go back to yourself in 2018. Then, yeah earlier than when you called in sick what were yes. your early warning signs well i was i think it was more like a personality change i was quite angry very cynical and skeptical of the world so that's now in hindsight when i look back at 2018 you know when i finished my fellow pain fellowship exams 2017 i was tired i was exhausted i was a bit knocky and irritable but i thought that could be the stress from sitting up pain fellowship exams but I'll probably have burnt out by then already on on retrospection now in, and reflection. And yeah, so exhaustion could be one of the early signs, definitely, and personality change. Yeah. And are you confident? That's, 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 oh, sorry to interrupt. Are you confident that you will be able to stop it from being so epic if you get burnt out again? Do you think you'll be able to pick it up earlier? Yeah, because at that time, I really had no idea... Uh, what it truly meant to be burnt out. I thought stress was really normal as part of a pain physician's life. And I see it amongst my other pain physician colleagues in my own workplace, in my study group, in other pain physicians in other workplaces. My supervisors are training, they're all stressed and burnt out, but clearly, but I thought that was part, that was normal part and parcel of being a pain physician, you know. Um, but little did I little, I realized there was a lot more to burnout than meets the eye. Mm. Yeah, and I suspect when we when it'll take me a few weeks to edit these um, because I'm That's in right. the throes of burnout myself. Um, uh, but when people listen to this series of episodes, yeah. I suspect there will be a spectrum of people. Some people will nod and remember a time that they went mm. through that. But the people that I think we that I wonder if we can um, get them to stop a bit earlier. Uh, might be the people who've got those early warning signs. So if there's if there's a few medical mums or or mm-hmm. other people listening to this that go, oh, actually, that's probably what's going on for me. What would your suggestion be to them? Mm. Yeah, I I feel that my suggestion to them will be first and foremost, all of a lot all of us doctors have been programmed to be like lone rangers since we were med students, to be honest. And I've certainly have, you know, coached medical students who have been burnt out in med school as early as that. So we cannot ignore that that's ha- happening. And 
you know, this Lone Ranger programming has, it, it forces us not to seek for help when we are burnt out, because I guess when you seek for help as a doctor, you're viewed as being quite, being weak, incompetent, or stupid, or there's lots of th things that why people don't want to seek help for burnout. But I guess my advice to medical moms who are self-aware that they are burnt out and they are seeking for some guidance and support. Yeah, in the early warnings, early signs, definitely get a coach. But if it's towards the severe burnout stages, I think seeing your GP will help and seeing a psychologist helped will help as well. And that's what I did. And I got help in the end. Um, yes, it really depends on the different spectrum of, um, you know, how when they are self-aware of burnout, which stage they fall under. Mm. But certainly in the early signs, coaching certainly is very helpful. And then what about, I had an, I had an, episode, uh, an experience last night at work where one of my juniors um, mm. was relating that she called for help uh, to a tertiary centre and got yeah. completely slayed by the, by the person on the other end of the phone and, yeah. and was not fair and, and she'd come back with all of the reasons why this wasn't fair. And the person just kept going. And I said, I really think you should raise it because A, it's not okay, but B, that person might not be okay. You know, like we we also accept bad behaviour in medicine without mm. thinking about what that behaviour means for the person who's displaying it. And, it. and if, you know, losing your empathy and a personality change is part of burnout, should we be more worried about the people who randomly we come across that are really awful to us like that I'm not sure mm -hmm. it's a, I've just been thinking about it while I was listening to you but I did say to mm -hmm. my junior last night that person might not be okay though so raising it's not just a having a whinge it's highlighting that this is unusual behavior that it, you couldn't stop the tirade even when you were explaining all of the things that the person was upset mm -hmm. about so what do you think about that should we be checking on people that are um maybe not displaying their best selves as well you know yeah exactly that's why i think this um i'm so glad some you know i think gavin um can't remember his surname but gavin who the, the um the founder of are you okay they probably he lost his dad due to suicide and i think we should implement the are you okay mm. well not they but every second every minute when we i guess when your junior came across that person that she was trying to debrief with who had a go at her about her burnout i guess yeah, and maybe asking the the reverse question, like, are you okay there? You don't mm -hmm. sound like you're feeling, you know, it sounds that you're quite tired or, because sometimes you can tell if they're on a tirade or angry. Yeah, person certainly the personality personality change is definitely one of the early warning signs of mm -hmm. burnout. Could be also a very late stage of burnout too, to be honest. Yeah, so I think just seeing the other person where they're coming from is really very important. Um, mm. Now, on hindsight, when I look back at my, I guess my supervisors of training, or you know the senior doctors that I reported to, who was, you know, was knocky and irritable at me, yeah, they were burnt out. Now, when I look back, because I remember very clearly when I was a HMO um, in the vascular ward, my vascular reg was really very friendly and upbeat, and I can see his transfer. Now, when I look back, I can see him change. And his personality just changed like at the end of my term at the end of three months he was burnt out he actually like had a go at me for i guess not for something really very trivial when this fellow was usually you know, buying everyone coffees type of <laughs> as a reg and then suddenly he just something in him just changed what like towards the end of my term 
So I think just yeah, just seeing where that other person's coming from is important and actually trying to, you know, asking a flip question saying, are you okay? Mm. That might throw him off or her off a bit and go, oh, force him or her to introspect as well. You know? And do you think this, I mean, this is a loaded question, I must admit, but uh, oh, sorry. there's obviously systemic features of medicine and the higher, and we're not alone you know law there's a there's a lot of professions yeah, that are similar well. that uh, exactly. that really um uh, serve them the, the profession serves itself by pushing us beyond our limits how mm. are we going to change that system what if you had a magic wand how would you change the system mm. i think this is where if i have a magic wand i want it's working from top down mm. i feel you know, I was speaking to my, again, my, uh, my physician coach friends in the US and they certainly find it, you know, like work, they, they, some of them who are trying to talk at the top level, like CEOs and CFOs, these people do not know what the doctors, clearly they do not know what a doctor's life is like. Mm-hmm. In fact, when my, um, one of my physician coach um, friends in the US asked a particular C-suite person, like, um, have you actually spent any time with your medical staff? I think only like out of 100 over, only one person raised his hand and there was 20 minutes. So of course, these the people high up there in the C-suites, they wouldn't know, but I think it needs to be that, to raise that level of awareness from top down and making them actually be part of, you know, being part of our working culture in medicine to witness what we exactly have to go through, the exact day-to-day life from the start and the end of a working day and for work week for whole week then they realize oh gosh there's more physicians are no wonder the physicians are burnt out and what can we do if if say we're mm. in a position of um of re, of relative power so we're a you know fellow and uh. one of our juniors uh mm. is displaying signs of burnout or even uh telling us that they're they're not okay because i think mm. my disappointment is even when you tell people you're not okay, they still expect the same level of everything as before. So even, you know, mm. I, I feel like the system is just not designed to respond it's to, not, a, to it's a doctor not. in trouble. So what what can we do if we're in a relative position of power and we see somebody struggling? Do you reckon? Mm. I think this is where our mentorship, we can wear our mentorship hat as a, um, a fellow. If I see my junior staff looking quite, you know, burnt out and overwhelmed, I'll actually have to, I'll set aside time and actually ask him or her the are you okay question. Yeah, it always, it's, a, it's a good conversation starter and they will start initially, they'll, they'll obviously go, I'm fine, you know, I'm, I'm good. But then you can kind of, I guess where you're, be a bit more curious and explore further and ask the junior staff, are you really okay? And then you describe, from what I can see here, you, uh, you know, you are not your usual self. You are, you know, feeling quite, you know, you look like you're quite stressed and, you know, and um, I can see that you are struggling. Are you, is it okay if you tell me a bit more about what you, a little bit more about what you're experiencing right now? I think just be curious and actually be, um, I guess, genuine and, and, you know, sincere to actually want to find out what's going on with the junior stuff and just taking that time to care. Mm -hmm. I think this is what's lacking that taking that time to care because we, you know, as doctors, we wear busyness as a badge of honor, but you can take out 10 minutes of your time to actually care for someone and ask them what's actually go- truly going on. And I think we and should start making each other take breaks because exactly. there's been a long-held um, kind of 
uh, anger towards nurses for always taking their break. And I wasn't oh, a, nurse yeah. I've been I was a doctor. Yeah. I always think, don't be angry at them. Join them. You know, let's make sure exactly. that we've all got our breaks because it's not normal to work for 10 hours mm-hmm. without taking a break. So I, I think um, I, I've tried in the past couple of years to make sure mm-hmm. my juniors always go on a break because they're watching yeah. seniors who'd never take a break. And so exactly. they think that that's exactly. the norm. And I don't think mm-hmm. that should be the norm. That can't help burnout. Exactly, exactly. And burnout is not the norm. It's, no. it's not normal to be burnt out. Mm. And I guess some of, one of the scary mindset things that I've seen with burnout is like they wear burnout as a badge of honor. That really terrifies me and makes me very concerned. But certainly, you know, like as, as doctors, that's, that's one type of mindset I've seen. I've seen another mindset that is, you know, I guess predisposing someone to burnout will be the hero or heroine syndrome where I'm going to save everybody, I'm going to save the world, I'm going to do all these things, this, that for all these patients. <laughs> and before you know it, you're, you know, like um, we are also programmed, you know, as doctors, maybe just not as doctors, other healthcare professionals, we are, we we put our, our patients, you know, we are, not, we are programmed to put our patients first. And, you know, that's obviously part of our job, but we still have to look up. I think it's really important for us to look after ourselves because mm-hmm. if we have an empty cup, we won't be able to help, help our patients. We won't be able to help. Our, I guess we won't be able to connect with our loved ones. Mm-hmm. And what's the point of, I guess, working as a doctor in that, or having a, qual- that's that's not quality of life, isn't it? Like that's not fulfillment and joy at all. So, yeah. hmm. Now you've given me a target for my editing date to get these episodes out. Um, Tell us where we can find out more information about your book and more information about your business. Sure. Uh, so I have a I have a website. It's dralivialeong.com. And you can find there's some free resources on burnout. And that's where you can find details of the book. Mm-hmm. And where will the book Project. be being sold? It'll be, it'll be sold on my website. Yep. And as of next week, my publisher will be putting it on Amazon and Booktopia and a few other online spaces. So yeah, there'll be exciting times. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. All right. Thank you, Beck. Thanks for having me.